I'm Rebecca, and we are Mama Bear Apologetics. We're just two gals talking about life's big questions from a biblical worldview. Because when it comes to the battle of ideas, we need to be able to say, mess with my kids and I will demolish your arguments. You mess, I demolish. Got it? Capiche? (laughs) Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. So Rebecca, today's topic is a topic that you know is very personal to me. Mm, yes. <laughs> and and it's very personal to you too as well. We have both experienced, have, no, well, we just both had experiences of not experiencing the healing that we would like yeah. in our life. So uh, for those of you who don't know out there, uh, I guess my story briefly is I have a chronic kidney disease that has been with me since birth that we didn't discover until I was in high school, and that was a several-year-long process of trying to figure out what was the matter. Um, Back in 2010, I started having all sorts of weird symptoms happen and uh, until we discovered in October that I had cancer. And so I went through seven months of chemo and have come out and have been mostly cancer-free since then. There keeps coming things that are popping up, but... um, Mm. The type of cancer that I had was very rare for someone my age to have. In fact, I think, I can't remember if I've ever told you this. Have I ever told you what my demographic is for the type of cancer I had? Old black men. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So I'm like, I like to be unique. Wow. Um, Well, I know, I've always known you're one of a kind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm special. Uh, But apparently so is my sister because uh, for some of the people uh, out here, that mm-hmm. no, uh, my sister is actually going through stage four colon cancer right now. It metastasized to her liver, and she's been going through that for several years. <sighs> and yeah. my sister has a nickname that my cousins gave her. Have I? I've, no. I've told you Leslie's nickname, right? I don't. Saint Leslie. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, she told me. Yes, yeah. That, that's and you know people have joked about you know what was it like growing up, and I'm like, well, you know. Anyone who knows me would think that I was a goody goody, but I was the rebel of the family mm-hmm. in comparison to her. Mm-hmm. You're the uh, feisty my cousins. <laughs> yeah, I am feisty. She is just such a beautiful soul. Yeah. She has always had such that, I mean, she's what we picture when we think of the gentle, quiet spirit. Mm. Um, even though I, I have, you know, I, I rest f- assured in the fact that I can still be as talkative as I am and as feisty as I am and still have a gentle quiet spirit but Leslie Mm -hmm. has that one that everybody thinks of Mm -hmm. and so whenever people are talking about so the topic that we're going to be talking about (laughs) I've been talking all about the topic I haven't said the actual topic the topic is does God heal every time if we ask in the right way And I nuanced it like that because this is something that I've heard many, many times of, oh, that, you know, God heals every time. But as long as there's there's two criteria that have to be, you know, met, one is that you have sufficient faith. And the second one is that you don't have some kind of unrepentant sin in your life, that sometimes God doesn't heal because you have unrepentant sin or you don't or you lack faith. Who doesn't have unrepentant sin? Oh, and no. who doesn't it, lack faith? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like I fall into all those categories. I mean, I, yeah. Lord, please forgive me for the sins that I have that I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even David prayed about that, you yeah. know, forgive my hidden faults. May they not 
is that is that David did yeah and yeah um, is it yeah forgive my hidden faults I think there's one where he talks about my hidden faults like he recognizes there's stuff that even he can't see so yeah and Augustine does too and yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so I wanted to talk about there was uh, five things that I wanted to kind of approach you know my story and Leslie's story just the fact that we we have experience of chronic illness that has not been healed yeah it's I'm sorry it's Psalm, ni- it's Psalm 1912. Who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. It's Ooh, from Psalm like 19. That. Psalm 19. One of the most beautiful psalms. So we can include it on the website. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people say that are really well-meaning when they talk about healing that yeah. I think does more harm than good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's, um, so I want to talk about my observations, like why you know some people are healed and some people aren't i want to talk about the two extremes that you can take with this theology i want to talk about the dangers of both of those extremes and then kind of talk about what would be a more balanced approach okay Mm -hmm. Uh, and just like why this topic is important this this topic is kind of a subcategory of something that's called the problem of evil so yeah how would you define the problem of evil rebecca hard (laughs) (laughs) that's a very brief description oh my goodness yeah the problem of evil is just why why is there evil in this world why is there suffering in this world and especially you can If god is good yeah if god is good why does it he um stop all of the evil and suffering and some people say well you know we have free will and we have sin a lot of it's because of sin but then there seems to be an inordinate amount of evil and suffering above and beyond just sin yeah. and um it just much of it seems gratuitous yeah yeah so this is this is a larger topic that we'll we will be dealing with in the future we can't go into all of it yeah i think it's the idea i think it's one of can i just interrupt and say i think yeah. it i think it's the hardest thing i agree i think we, I agree. we were talking about this earlier and it's 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 a double-edged sword because it is the best case against god and yet it's also the base best case for god because um without this concept of a transcendent at least a transcendent good mm-hmm. but a transcendent being you know they're really is no good and evil so we can't even you, you we can't, can't have evil yeah you can't call anything evil yeah we have to have some kind of transcendent either abstract concept of good or being personal being mm-hmm. like god and so it's a case for him but also it's a case against him and we want to shake our fist at him and say you know why why this much you yeah know? so it's it's a double-edged sword and there's no easy answer yeah, there is no easy answers on this one, but I kind of wanted to share. There was um, there's a a blog I was when I was researching for this to see what I was going to say. There was a blog I came across mm-hmm. that I like not only for the content of the blog, but I also mm-hmm. like it for the content of some of the comments. Oh, okay, uh, that's <laughs> sometimes the, the worst part, right? <laughs> well, the, they can be the best and the worst part. But one of the things I can't remember if this part was in, I think this part was in the blog, and it was a story, and he said. Um, it was, it was a call-in radio show, and this woman called in and it said, the lady who was obviously crying said, Pastor, I was born blind, and I've been blind all my life. I don't mind being blind, but I have some, some well-meaning friends who tell me that if I had more faith, I could be healed. The pastor asked her, tell me, do you carry one of those white canes? And she said, yes, I do. Then the next time someone says that, <laughs> hit them over the head with the cane, he said. Tell them, if you had more faith, that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my goodness. Who is this? That story, Pastor yeah. John. I got a. I know. He's great. <laughs> I love it. So it's like there's um, there's two extremes that people can go to when yeah. it comes to healing uh, and just the topic of healing and does God choose to heal. The first extreme would be that this doesn't happen. God doesn't perform these miracles like he used to. This That was something that happened back in the Bible. That doesn't happen now. I think that's an extremely dangerous view to take, yeah. A, because it's just not true. Um, for the purposes of this podcast, I don't think we're going to go into that. I'm just okay. going to say if, if that's your belief that you think all this stuff has stopped. Um, actually, I didn't share this earlier. So I, I have history of not being healed, but I also have a history of being healed. Okay. Yeah. That there was, there was a time. In fact, this was, uh, what year was it? It was 2000, I think it was at the end of 2014. All the symptoms of my cancer came back. And seeing as my cancer was a small bowel intestinal cancer, I'm not going to go into all those <laughs> symptoms that came because yeah. it's kind of gross. I remember but this. Just, I knew you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It suffice to say that the symptoms that I had are not the kind that can be faked. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and the, the girl that was going to be moving in with us uh, had a friend who had a prayer ministry, and she just randomly brought him with her to John's graduation party and he asked to pray over mm-hmm. me and I thought you know what can't hurt I do believe in God's healing I've uh, never experienced it but he prayed over me and the next and he asked me he's like did you feel anything I was like no not really so I, I wasn't really expecting much but the next day yeah all those symptoms were I gone. totally remember this that was so encouraging yeah that was amazing yeah mm-hmm. so so for the people who say this this doesn't happen um I just I would say Anyway, I won't go into that. That you're just wrong. The Lord does choose to work in miraculous ways still nowadays. Is it? Um, there's a book, isn't it? Craig Keener, who's done a lot of research on miracles. The name and sounds familiar. I think he has this. I mean, he is one of these just amazing researchers that is very detail oriented and can get all the tiny little bits of data. He has a lot of data points. Okay. Um, he did a lot of research on this. Craig Keener. And um, just documenting miracles and, and such. And, and do they happen today? Yeah. And um, they do. Yeah. I'll see if I can find that and include that in the show notes. Um, so the, I think the other extreme, so the one extreme says it doesn't happen anymore. I think that's just false and we won't go into that right now. But the other extreme is saying that it is always God's will to heal. Yeah. And I believe that this is a... It's a dangerous theology, even though I think you can kind of skirt this theology in a way that's not, that, that is actually accurate. But basically, I think whenever you put God's faithfulness to be determined by if he performs a certain action or not, a I think that's dangerous. One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are setting people up for, for unbelief because when God doesn't do, we, we don't serve a trained poodle. You know, God doesn't do our commands and, and perform Yeah, when we command. He's not we a tr- the, well-trained monkey. Yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's like it, there's not some way that we can say this in, you know, formula that we can have to where he has to act on our behalf. And if we ever treat it like that, then people are going to walk away saying God is a liar. Yeah. And I've seen this happen over and over and over. And in fact, it's one of those things that I've struggled with before. Because some of the scripture out there, which we'll go into, does seem like he says that you can always be healed. But I have to say, I have to balance this mm. with life experience. Because if that were the case, then 
the real saints, you know, they would never die. Because <laughs> yeah. they could just keep praying to, to get healed from stuff. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I want to read one of the statements of a guy on this blog. Okay. Because I think it, um, it kind of summarizes what we're up against here. So he says, okay, so he says, hello, I'm not on here to debate you. Of course, but he is. But I do, truly do believe it is God's will to heal everyone. If there is no instance in the New Testament um, where Jesus didn't heal someone who had faith, how can you make a statement saying that he won't heal everyone with faith? You touched on what Jesus did on the cross in Isaiah 53, but you completely left out the reference uh, to it again in Matthew 8:16 and 17. When everyone had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he, saying, he himself took our infirmities um. and bore our sickness. It references huh. what Isaiah was actually talking about in chapter 53. It was physical infirmities and sickness. It was. It, it's always, he has that yeah. capitalized, always God's will to heal Be- everyone. From Isaiah 53 it is? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's what he's saying. Yeah. He says, but not everyone is healed. Just like it's God's will that everyone be saved, but not everyone is. It takes faith, capitalized. There is no account of any other reason someone isn't healed in the Bible other than lack of faith. If you ever wondered if healing is Jesus's will, look at this verse, Matthew 8, 2 through 3. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. What does he say? I am willing. He never, ever once ever says, I am not willing. Mm. But just because you do not understand or our finite brains can't comprehend why some people are not healed doesn't mean we should downplay and rationalize what Jesus did on the cross. Otherwise, the stripes he endured for all of us would have been done in vain. Mm. Wow, he's got, so he's a believer, but he's got a theology. You know, yep. it's, not, it's not wholesale wrong, but he's taking some things out of context and, yeah. and kind of setting himself up. <laughs> yeah, well, see, like yeah. I heard a guy give a sermon on this back when, when I was having a whole bunch of the symptoms and we didn't know what was wrong with me for a good year before I got diagnosed with cancer, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the churches that we were at had a guy that was a guest preacher that was from the congregation who got into this whole health and wealth thing. Okay. Mainly the health. I won't say the wealth. He didn't get into the wealth. But um, the whole health, you know, God desires that everybody be healthy. And I remember just crying afterwards and feeling so angry and wanting to walk up to him and and say to him, I want you to tell me to my face that there's something that I'm doing wrong that's making me sick, that I don't pray enough, that I don't have enough faith. All these things, you think that you're so much better than me. This, this kind of theology, I'll tell you what, I've never heard someone with a chronic illness hold this theology. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it's setting someone up who does get healed to think that wow i'm doing pretty mm-hmm. good yep and yeah this this yeah. this turns everything back into a workspace and i would think that being healed um mm-hmm. you felt pretty humbled and unworthy yeah. i imagine when you oh were, yeah yeah because i know that when that that particular time uh, the guy's name's ehi when he prayed over me I remember thinking I'm not really expecting much. I mean, I was just as big of a sinner yeah. <laughs> then 
as I am, as I was the last time when I didn't get healed. Um, and so if we look at this statement of it's always God's will to heal, then when we must say that anyone who isn't healed lacks, um, basically it's proof that they either lack sufficient faith or, or they're harboring secret sin. And so I think I was joking around with you earlier that this reminds me of basically the Salem witch trials where, you know, the proof of if someone was a witch or not is... You brought um, up Monty Python. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I think of the skit from Monty Python and they were talking about, yeah, she's a witch, burn her, burn her, you know. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was saying like if she floats... Yeah, um, she's a she she, float? She's yeah, a witch, it would, and, and that you have was to real. Kill her, but if she so, yeah. sinks, yeah. then you know sinks and dies. Then she wasn't a witch. And that's really and from so, the real trials they they did see if they would float. I mean that yep. that's history. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's not which, just weird British yeah. comedy. So basically, we could take this if we want to take this to its logical conclusion. We can take this teaching here and say, anyone who gets sick, let's pray over them and see if they're healed. And that way we can root out to see who has real faith and who has unrepentant sin in their life. You know, hello, I just know that healed. everyone. <laughs> yeah. She's unrepentant, burn her, you know, yeah. and that's basically what this turns into. So I, I want to look at you know, some some of the evidences of what are some other people that we've seen have um, that have gone without healing. And so it's just a couple of the mm-hmm. ones I came up with and probably from the blog as well. Uh, Joni Erickson Tata, yeah. you know, who was paralyzed. I mean, if anyone who's heard her speak, you can tell that is a woman of faith. And her book, I read her book. Um, so years ago when I was going through a really bad time of depression, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was really dark. I had a whole week where I didn't get out of bed. <laughs> um, my uh, my mentor at the time had me read her book, mm-hmm. her story, and yeah. um, it's heart wrenching. Where she she did go to these faith healing places, yeah. and they were telling her that that she should be able to walk, you know, again. And yeah. she was just struggling. And she went through deep anger. And yeah. I mean, it's just a it's a wonderful. I recommend everyone read it, and especially. Um, have your, What's the name of it? Do you remember? I think it's just Johnny. I think that's the name. I can look it up right now, but I think it's just okay. Johnny or Joni, whatever, however you say it. Um, I now that now that you say that, I'm not sure if it's Johnny or Joni. I was thinking Joni, but well, it, it could be either one. But another example would be Billy Graham. Yeah. So Billy Graham is like our current day. That's who we hold up as like one of the holiest men that we saw the most fruit come from any ministry that we've had in our lifetime Mm -hmm. and he had Parkinson's yeah and so I mean theoretically he should have just been able to to ask God to take that away and you know so and at what point I mean if we keep doing that we're just gonna live forever right I mean everyone dies and all the people that Jesus healed that um Phil the commenter on that that blog Mm -hmm. all of them eventually died of something (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah. they, they came, all their diseases or some dis, something came back and killed them. So you have to ask, you know, there was a purpose for God, Jesus mm-hmm. performing that particular miracle there. Mm-hmm. And as we understand the context, testifying to who he was. Yep, that, that brings up the, a really good point. So I'm saying, why do some people say that Jesus always healed and so the first thing I want to I want to mention is there's a lot of scriptural evidence for this. Mm-hmm. So the, the, that's one of the things that makes this theology kind of frustrating is b- that it can be bet. Well, you say scriptural back- evidence like scriptural 
evidence not considered within its context, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's if you if you divorce it from, or I, I don't like using the word divorce. If you separate it from mm-hmm. some other scriptures, mm-hmm. then it you can really make a case, or for even this, from that, within its immediate context and from the context yeah. of what was the theolog the whole Bible in the sense what was happening, yeah. what was Jesus really doing. Yeah, because um. I, I guess so when I'm saying that the evidence, I'm meaning like time and time again, you see people coming to Jesus and he never turns anyone away who asks for healing. And this is one of the things that's been told to me over and over again. He never turns anyone away who asks for healing. No one ever asks and he doesn't heal them. Yeah. So we have to wrestle with the fact that it, is this what scripture really says? Because if it is script, what scripture really says, then we do need to accept this despite how we feel about it. But at the same time, I think we need to look at it realistically. So one of the things I wanted to point out is that remember that Jesus had specific prophecies about being a healer. So if we remember his response to John the Baptist back in Luke 22, I'm sorry, Luke 7, 22. Yeah. When John is asking, are you the one we should expect or should we wait for someone else? Because, you know, his expectation had been that the Messiah is going to come, he's going to free the Jews and we're all going to, you know, ride off triumphant. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, I'm kind of sitting here in jail rotting. Yeah. And so are you really the one that we should expect? And so Jesus tells his, you know, John's disciples, go back and say to John, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. Mm-hmm. And so he's basically using a lot of Old Testament prophecy for the Messiah based on Isaiah 35, Isaiah 42, and Isaiah yep. 53. Mm-hmm. Um, about who he was supposed to be. So another point is when God is about to do something big, you usually see an increase in miracles, but it's often accompanied by hundreds, if not more, of years in between of little or no activity. So some of the examples of that would be like the time of Moses, you know, lots and lots of miraculous activity, obviously, separated by a lot of time. So then you have the time of Elijah and then lots and lots of miracles, not much going on in between. Then you have the time of Jesus, lots and lots of miracles going on. We've had a lot of silence. Not not silence, but it's it's the activity well, has died down. Yeah, and, and Elijah was when, with the prophets. And so they had, every one of them, they had visions, they had miracles, mm-hmm. but they were sort of... Um, either teaching the prophet himself of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. and, and sort of um, like with Elijah, um, you know, strengthening them. But also it was sort of attesting to the prophet's authority too yes. as well. Yes. So there's purpose, right, in these yeah. major miracles like this. Yeah, there's always a purpose. And like, so the next time that we're supposed to kind of see a rise in this supernatural activity is supposed to be the end times it's talking about in the last days you know the your young men will see visions your daughters will dream dream or your old men will dream dreams even on sons and daughters they will prophesy so we're supposed to see this and in fact uh in matthew 24 24 it talks about the antichrist performing signs and miracles mm-hmm. so as to try to authenticate his ministry mm-hmm. if we were to take it as all this stuff is constantly going on from the time of Christ on, no one would tell, no one would know the difference when all of a sudden all these signs and wonders started going on. If they're just going on all the time to anyone who, who asks, um, yeah. you know, you think back even the the stuff for like the voice of the martyrs, where mm. you have just massive amounts of people with amazing faith going to their death. Not all of them were killed immediately. A lot of them died of illness. Yeah, 
in the prisons. Yeah, well, even the early Christians, you know, were, mm-hmm. were being killed in front of the, putting, put in the, the arena and mm-hmm. torn to, you know, pieces. And, and surely they were praying for God to deliver them. But yeah. um, that, wasn't, that wasn't in the, the will, you know. So one of the things that brought this whole issue up for me was that John and I were out of town and we were visiting a church and Mm -hmm. the pastor was talking about uh, James Mm 5.14, the passage where it talks about, is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. And I just remember sitting in the audience just kind of struggling with that, you know, Mm. me having these illnesses. And I started just having some thoughts in my head of just this discomfort and just going, why, God, why would you say something like this if if it's not actually going to happen? And I was, of course, also thinking about my sister because we have prayed many times for her to be healed from her cancer. Well, I'm just looking at James 5, too, because I I forgot the context of that. And... mm -hmm. In verse 7, he said, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. He said, Brothers and sisters, as an an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets Mm -hmm. who spoke in the name of the Lord. So he's, read that whole like um, 7 through 12, he seems to be encouraging them to endure suffering. Mm. And so... It, it's it's a both and right it's a two sides yeah. i mean there may be healing but there may be we just need we need endurance in the in, yeah. the in the face of suffering well the thing that br- john brought up was he said my bible says saved and so of course mm. you know me with my iphone i can't let a research question go unasked even in church um <laughs> no, <laughs> immediately, I, I know i'm bad i do the it's same okay. thing i went to a scripture app there's um a website that uh, i have on my phone that um my I label it everything just because it's got everything. It's got commentaries. It's got you know side by side. It's got the Greek, Hebrew. What website is this? Strong's Concordance. Um, oh it's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's BibleHub.com. I love it. I'm on it's, it right it's now. It's my go-to place. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I went I went to the Greek and I looked up to see what is the Greek word for that. Does it mean heal or does mm. it mean save? Mm. And so the word it uses is sozo. It's s o s S-O-Z-O. Okay. At least that's the root um, of it. And so the definition of this is properly to deliver out of danger and into safety, used principally of God's rescuing believers from the penalty and power of sin and into his provision. Mm. So some of the translations say the prayer offered in faith will heal, um, or I'm sorry, will save the sick person. And some of them will say make the sick person well. Some of them will say heal. Yeah. But really, so the, the word soteriology is kind of a, a word used in seminaries that it means the study of salvation. You're looking at what are, you know, it's, it's studying all the things around so salvation. That word comes from that Greek sozo, mm-hmm. that Greek word sozo of salvation. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the rest of the verse, it's talking about uh, the prayer offered in faith will save the person. The Lord will raise them up, mm-hmm. which we know happens at the last day. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And a lot of the stuff that's in context here is talking in salvific language, you know, talking about things that would actually save someone. And and John kind of hypothesizes, he's like, this almost seems like someone on their deathbed that it's talking about to to come and to pray over them. Wow, okay. Um, And so that was the first time that I didn't feel uncomfortable with that verse. And I thought, oh, that makes sense now. 
to me, mm-hmm. that not only is faithful to the text, but it also explains all this other experience that I have of seeing great saints in the Lord who are sick. I've seen my sister, who I think is one of the most faithful women yeah. um, that I've ever known, still continuing to well, suffer through this. And how does someone like Phil on this comment section um, mm-hmm. of this, this blog explain Paul and his thorn in the flesh, which was probably mm-hmm. a physical ailment of some sort and him begging God to heal him and God said my grace is sufficient for you so there was something greater that God was doing in Paul that the sickness was was a part of now of course Paul got that directly from God and, and we can't as Christians go to somebody who has their child suffering from cancer and just spout that out because yeah. we have not been told directly by God like Paul was and that's kind of the difference of where we are. We just we don't know. We just We don't always know, but ironically enough, I don't know if I've ever told you this. When I got diagnosed with cancer for the first time mm-hmm. I when I started praying first off the Lord kinda told me, well the Lord, I feel like the Lord revealed to me early on that mm. that's what was going to be the diagnosis because mm. I was praying a whole lot while, you know, for the months and months that I had all these symptoms and I kept praying, Lord, even if it's cancer, I trust you. Even if it's cancer, okay. I trust you. I'd never had that prayer before. And I remember the exact moment where I was sitting, what I was doing. The, I was in the car. I remember the, the light that I was at where I <laughs> thought, huh, I've been praying that a lot. Okay. And at that point, I felt like, hmm, maybe that's, you know, the Lord's preparing my heart for this in advance. Mm. And even after I got diagnosed, I remember one point thinking about praying for the Lord to heal me. And I kind of heard, felt like I heard him say, no, that's not the right prayer. Wow. And in fact, to the point of where when people were asking for miraculous healing, I actually said, I don't think that's what the Lord wants to pray, uh, us to pray. And I'm not going to say this is it for everybody, but I had the distinct feeling that the Lord was saying, this is part of your path. I want you to walk on this right now. Wow. Mm -hmm. To the point where I didn't even pray for healing at the time. I think what this reveals is that there is not a paradigm that we can say should apply to everyone. There's not, it's not a one size fits all. It's Mm -hmm. a very personal thing and that's why it's so important for us on the outside to come along and just grieve and pray and ask, but don't say, well, this is why it's not happening, or this is why it's not happening. You don't or have enough faith. this is what God wants for you. Or this is what God wants for you. You know, you can, it's really something you just say, I, I'm with you. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Whatever happens, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm praying for you. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. And I trust you. We, you know, and I, I, whatever you choose with this and yeah yeah so this was one of those times where just like how Paul answered or how God answered Paul I feel like God's answer to me during that time was my grace is sufficient this is so good Hillary because I think all of us have been that well-meaning person I have I've been that well-meaning person who has tried to um you know think I'm hearing from God for for someone else you know and and I, it pains me to think of the damage I've done out of yeah. just trying to, you know, really feeling like, okay, well, this is probably, God's put it on my heart, I need to say this. And, and really, it's, the person just needs me to say, 
I'm alongside with, I'm, I'm with you and I'm entrusting yeah. you to the Lord on this. This is, this, it is a very personal thing. There's not a one size fits all on this. Yeah. And so in something that I haven't brought up and I'm usually better about bringing this up early on in the podcast is how is this relevant to our kids? Um, mm-hmm. Why is this important for us as mama bears to be aware of this? And I touched on this. If, if um, you go back to the blog that I did, um, I went through three things that can tank our kids' Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And one of them was suffering. Yeah. It's just not incorporating suffering into the, your worldview can really tank their faith. <sighs> this is a really important one because almost every atheist that I've encountered, yes. and, and ultimately that's where a lot of our material comes from, is that the atheists that John and I interact with on a regular basis when they give us their conversion stories, or I guess more like their deconversion stories, Mm -hmm. this is something that I say, aha, this is something parents need to be aware of because if this is what is deconverting all these people, well, then how do we safeguard against that? We we can take this, whenever we make God's faithfulness contingent, I think I already said this, but I I think it's worth saying it again. If we make God's faithfulness contingent upon him acting in a certain way, we are setting our children up to disbelieve that God is a liar when he doesn't perform a promise that he never gave. Because mm-hmm. even these promises, I'll say that, you know, quote unquote promises in scripture, a lot of times only applied for the people that were, that they were specifically speaking towards uh, yeah. or speaking to. Like I've seen a meme before that I thought was kind of funny, but kind of true. Hmm. It show it was one of the classic paintings of the Christ, the early Christians that were being eaten by lions in the was it oh Palestine? I think I've seen this one hmm. and someone had the scripture verse you know I for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and you know uh, not to harm you plans for hope in a future what what is that and the prayer, prayer of Jabez or or was that oh uh, I can't remember what it was but yes yeah I'm uh, up. like I feel yeah, like it's Jeremiah taken. 29 11 when he's talking to the Israelites yeah, it's very when they specific. have been away from their you know he's saying that we're, we're going to rebuild again so can we say that he's giving people a long future every every single person no we can't because we see godly people who die too young one of my old pastors his his daughter died at seven after you know suffering mm-hmm. with cancer for years and years and years promises are meant for the people that they're given to and we can use them as encouragement but we can't use them as god's obligation for how he's going to act in our lives and that just brings us back to Job, doesn't it? Right? Yes. I mean, there's a whole unseen world with its own drama, right, that God is working with. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, he doesn't let us know all about that, and we have to trust him. But we get a little glimpse in Job. and But also, it struck me that Satan really is accusing God. Yeah. And that is what we do when we see something and we think God should be doing something in a certain way and he's not, and we get yeah. angry and we shake our fist at him, yeah. ultimately we are saying that we know, it, we know enough to say that God is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just forces us into a humble position of just what Job does. He puts his hand over his mouth and he's, you know, he, he rips his clothes and, you know, when he, when he finally sees God and he's very repentant. I I think there's a lot of backpedaling that happens right at that point of never mind, never mind. Okay. I don't know anything. I take it back. Yeah. But but there's, there, there's a beautiful picture of humility there. Um, and so when I have my atheist friends that are shaking their fist at God, you know, in a way I, I'm glad that they are. They're not apathetic. And, yeah. and, and so, 
they're angry, they're seeing the real evil that is that is there. But um, we still have, we just are forced into the position to say, we just don't have enough information. We're not, I'm not omniscient and I never will be. And I have to trust God on this. Yeah. It's not like yeah. we're, this is in a total vacuum. We have this, just this data. We have so much other data in this world to work on that build a case for him apart from the suffering one. But it's still, it's still the hardest one. And you're right. Mm-hmm. My upbringing in the church did not prepare me for suffering. And I think we live in a world, especially in the West, where we're so far removed from suffering, and we do a lot to remove our children from it. Yeah, suffering used to be so much. Oh goodness! Remove our children for suffering. We won't even let them try out for things anymore. Everybody's on the team. Down the jungle gyms and the playgrounds. Oh god! But seriously. I mean, people used to not have an indoor plumbing. I mean, talk about suffering. <laughs> that alone sometimes would even get me. with indoor plumbing with my husband, sometimes <laughs> even that's its own kind of suffering. Okay, TMI. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, so anyway, I want to go into like, what's a more balanced approach? Because I think it would be really easy to take this information and say, okay, I'm never going to pray for healing or I'm never going to no. expect God to do anything. No, I think it's like we just... We pray and we trust God and we say, your yeah. will be done on earth as it yeah. is in heaven. What, what is your, your will, what, the prayer that Jesus gave us? And, mm-hmm. and trust that to him and just ask him for the strength to get through whatever is his will. Yeah. And so, yes, we definitely pray for healing and we believe that he can do it and he will do it if it's what he in his will. That's how I pray for it. Um, yeah. Also, I think we need to remember who one of the people that Jesus holds up as a model for us all, mm. the persistent widow mm. is the yeah. one that just constantly comes and asks him. And he says, not because this man, is, you know, yeah. when she's going to the king and just constantly badgering the king. And he says, not because the king is just or values, you know, right. But because this woman is so persistent, basically, that's kind of a, you know, summarization of what it says Hmm. so he values us coming over and over again asking him for things it's like there's there are some times when he says okay stop asking i've given you your answer i think that would be like in the time with paul um that would be kind of like the time with me there's times when i've asked the lord for things and he does give me i feel like he does give me an answer um or like in the time with uh with timothy uh, if we think about, there's some advice that Paul gives Timothy, who's having stomach problems, which I yes. can relate to. Um, mm. And I don't think he's ever saying, you know, stop praying for healing from that. But also at the same time, here are some helpful tips to kind of help with your stomach. Mm-hmm. We are never to stop seeking God's God's healing. Mm-hmm. And we are to encourage other people to do it. And we can wait with hopeful expectation, but we don't demand mm. for it to be a certain way because... Uh, my mom also had cancer, and in fact, yeah. I um, my my entire blog that I had when I was going through cancer was based on her because I called it I titled it Hillary 2.0. That's why you called uh, it that. Oh, did you not know that? No, I always I thought that. Yeah, I, I yeah I don't know what I thought, but yeah, I okay. did it because I saw my mom come out of cancer, a changed woman, just so much more beautiful, so much mm-hmm. more patient and chill she was really wound tightly we'll say before Mm. she came out so much more chill and i saw the good that the lord's done with in her life and it's lasted all these years i mean that was you know 20 years ago that she had cancer and i've seen it last all those years and so i said god is going to do a mighty work in my life Mm. through this yeah and so 
it was kind of an embracing. So just that that recognition of God's sovereignty, uh, never st- stopping to ask and waiting with eager expectation for him to move in a mighty way, being fully convinced that he is absolutely able, not hinging his faithfulness on his obligation to act in the way that I want and to use whatever he does, because he does say that everything that happens to us, he's going to use for good and for the purpose, uh, mm-hmm. you know, work all things for good for those who love him. It's interesting. He doesn't say he works all things for good for everybody. There's some people that take these negative experiences and become decidedly less beautiful, less pleasant, more uptight, um, less trusting people. You can definitely use these experiences in the wrong way. But um, just accepting it as as a way that he can bless you the idea of him blessing us through suffering is so foreign to us but he can choose to bless through suffering so anyway that's that's uh we're we're going over time here that's the main thing that i wanted to address is namely that uh there's two dangerous extremes that you can take either that god doesn't work this way or he always chooses to work this They're way. They're both and oversimplifications then, in a way. Y- yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's much more, reality is much more complex <laughs> than that. Yep. Yeah. And so the danger of taking the extreme case that God doesn't work this way is you're going to miss out on a whole bunch of stuff that God's doing. The danger of saying that God always wants to work this way means mm-hmm. that you either have to condemn people who he doesn't work that way mm-hmm. from, you have to condemn them as, you know, being unrepentant sinners or lacking faith, or you end up walking away from the Lord because now it seems like the Lord has lied because he doesn't, he didn't hold up his end of the bargain. And mm-hmm. so that's a really dangerous one, um, or dangerous result of that theology. And then the more balanced approach is being a persistent prayer in, in having that expectation that God can and is able to work, but not demanding that he work in the way that we want. Mm-hmm. And just to continue to, to ask him, it's okay to continue to ask him until you feel like you're bugging him. Go ahead and bug him. He actually praised mm-hmm. the lady who bugged him. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I so, looked that up in Luke 18 because I, I, I forgot about that one. <laughs> That's a wonderful, wonderful one. So, but helping our kids to understand this, I think, is, is huge to not set them up to think that God has failed them. Yes. Um, but to also to continue to seek to seek him out and to pray and to, to labor in prayer um, with that hopeful expectation, something that we need to grasp both of those. That's wonderful. And concentrate on all the, the things that we do have that we can rely upon that, that show us his goodness. Not forget yeah. to put that into our equation when we are condemning yeah. God. You yeah. know, when we are going to shake our fist at him, we have to... We have to have all the data. We have to be good scientists. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll just say a prayer real quick for just uh, the women out there. um, And especially the ones that have had to deal with this. (sighs) Father God, I remember when I was feeling sick. Lord, as I was going through just chemotherapy, and I remember the prayer that I kept praying over again was the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, God, we don't understand why you choose to act the way you do sometimes. Um, and I just want to say a special prayer of protection over the women and, and the men that are out there listening. God, who have either dealt with chronic illness mm-hmm. or who have someone in their family or someone close to them who has dealt with chronic illness. Lord God, I pray that um, you would take away that condemnation that this is absolute proof that they 
have a lack of faith or uh, unrepentant sin and just recognize that um, there are, have been times when you have chosen not to heal in the past that yes, when you were here physically as a, as a sign of your messiahship, you chose to heal mm. everyone who came and asked you. But we have evidence, Lord, from after you ascended that there were people that asked for healing did, that did not receive healing. Lord, I pray that this would break some of the bonds, maybe some of the just unholy yokes that are on some people's necks of just condemnation that they've received by well-meaning people saying, well, if you just have enough faith, that might sound like they're giving hope from someone who's healthy. That sounds like you're giving hope. Mm-hmm. Father God, you are never disappointing in the Lord, you do work all things for good. But Lord, we just, uh, we pray for the, the ladies as they're teaching their children how to embrace the good with the bad, how to navigate this sinful fallen world, Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that will not damage their young faith and um, what it looks like to suffer well, Lord, which is probably one of the most um, amazing testimonies that someone has that can testify to your goodness, Lord. And I love what Clea Jones says, Lord, when he was diagnosed with cancer as well, that's the time when Satan is most humiliated is when Mm. we have every reason to be angry at God, and yet we choose to praise you instead because that's where we can look at Satan and, and God says God says to Satan, your judgment is just. Mm. Look at my child over here who does not have the knowledge that you have and they're choosing to praise mm-hmm. Lord. That is when we are most victorious. Mm-hmm. And I pray that the women out there would be able to walk in this truth, Lord, and be able to pass this on to their children, Lord. Mm. Uh, we thank you and love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. Have you been stumped by your kids already? Or maybe you have a nagging question of your own that you think would make a good podcast. Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we will do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together. Oh,